Hello and welcome to another Bond Marathon episode on the Auteur Archives podcast. On this episode, we talk about the final entry in the James Bond movie marathon, Daniel Craig in Spectre. Listen now to hear Tom and I discuss the incredible one-take shot at the opening of the film, Dave Bautista's performance as the silent but deadly henchman Mr. Hinks, and the return of one of the franchise's most iconic villains. As always, we each rate the film out of 10 and discuss where they rank among the others. If you haven't already, make sure to listen to the previous Bond episodes to get up to speed. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Tom, welcome back for the final James Bond Marathon episode. How are we doing? Yeah, hello, mate. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. I can't believe how quick these have all gone. Um, we're actually oh, yeah. coming to the, the final one before No Time To Die comes out in September. If it doesn't change again, fingers crossed. Yeah, it better not. <laughs> it's got to stay. It's got us too long now. Yeah. Um, okay, so today we're going to talk about the, obviously, the, the latest one that's been released, which is Spectre. Um I've been looking forward to this. I probably said every episode to be fair, but it's, it's a, I think it's an intriguing one. I don't know. I genuinely don't know how this is going to go from your uh, perspective. It's a bit of an on the fence one for me, um, but we'll go through it anyway. Um, so like, like always, and if I'll go to you first, then it's just a, a quick, uh, your quick opinion of this film. And obviously we'll go into detail. So what are your thoughts on Spectre? Okay. Um, I absolutely fucking love this film. Wow. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. I remember. I remember seeing it in the cinema, and I left thinking I loved that. And then I think I've only. I don't even know if I've seen it again since then. Maybe once, and I think I probably had a too much to drink and uh, <laughs> and don't don't overly remember it but watching it again oh, I just it's the film I've been wanting since Casino Royale it's Ooh, interesting okay it's a proper Bond film with all of the Bond elements that there needs to be in a film with Daniel Craig playing Bond really well and it's it's modern it's like it's like the bond film i've wanted since like golden eye or something mm. just okay. modern, modern day up to date proper bond film whereas you know none of the none of the craig films i don't think have been proper bond films like they don't they don't follow the script of a bond film what does that mean what do you mean by that like you know there's not I don't know. There's, there's not the. There hasn't been the. There hasn't been the gadgets. It hasn't been overly cool. Bond. Okay. It's, it's all been. It's all been very um, sort of, you know, like like we've said many times, the kind of origins of Bond, um, 
and then Skyfall, which which is a brilliant film, is very different in that it's you know it's very close to home and it was um, all about M and that kind of sort of again very about Bond as a person. Um, yeah, Quantum of Solace happened in the middle, but that was just shit. Um, <laughs> and this. This is, you know, it's got a Bond girl, it's got a baddie, there's henchmen, there's gadgets. It's just fucking everything so, you want. So you're coming from, you know, it's ticking a lot of the franchise boxes yeah, from, an ent- from an entertainment perspective, which is what you're here for. Exactly. I'm here for entertainment and this. <laughs> I'll, I'll, if, if you said to me now, um, let's watch a Bond film, pick one. I'd pick Spectre to watch right now. What? Okay. Wow, that is very bold. Of all of the films, you'd pick Spectre. Of all the films I would pick to watch right now, to watch again, I would watch Spectre again right now. Madness. Absolutely madness. <laughs> Absolutely. This is, this is a way to end the podcast, mate. This is... Oh, no. I'm guessing... Don't tell me this shit. Come on. I, I, so... If you're if you finish, then I'll I'll, I'll rab, rab it on uh, what I think. I don't think it's shit. I just think it's okay. Um, I my big <laughs> this could be a long one. My biggest gripe is I think personally they drop the ball on Spectre completely, and they completely drop the ball on Blofeld. Like how they've done. We'll come into we'll go into a bit more detail, but I think that's the biggest drawback for me. I think it all looks great and the action scenes are great i love the henchmen in that in this um but i think it's all a bit forced and i think it's a lot of retrospective um tying things in um you know to the other films in the daniel craig universe of bond and i think where it works where it worked well in the you know first five connery films you're you're building up to this like essentially the joker to bond's batman um you know the the super villain and he's just a bit of a letdown i think in this um and i and we'll talk about the 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 climax and how it ends because i've got a few things to say about that um but yeah i just think i think it's okay i it's definitely the, the third best Craig film, which doesn't really say much when the fourth is Quantum of Solace. Um, yeah, it ticks a few boxes overall. It's it's just okay. Um, this is going to get heated. I like it. Love it. That's what I'm here for. Um, right, so let's let's go into the breakdown then. So we'll start at the start, as always, with the intro, which I will just say I absolutely love the intro. I'm yeah. a sucker for a one-shot or a long, long, long what seems like one unedited shot. Um, I think it's so good. They've got the whole Day of the Dead vibe. Um, I, and, you know, he's, he's get up as well with the whole, uh, you know, skeleton sort of suit, I think is brilliant. Um, yeah, and even the set piece with the helicopter as well. I, I absolutely loved it. I don't know what your thoughts of the, the intro were. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And that that intro just, just set, the scene for me for the whole film mm-hmm. in like I just there there's there are there are things and I agree with you and I and and Blofeld actually I do I do agree with that to some to some extent but we'll, we'll cover that later yeah 
but this opening scene just just made me feel so happy that I was watching a proper fucking great Bond film that that nothing else that wasn't perfect in the film could could make me not feel so like it it just gripped me for the entire thing and this this really set that off it's unbelievably cool isn't it this opening scene there's just the way that like the way that Daniel Craig walks as Bond in this just like with his gun and he's he's building this gun as he walks and he's just foot perfect yeah just is fucking cool like to the point of almost choreographed but doesn't look yeah Bollywood <laughs> it's, yeah yeah totally it's so smooth like when he's walking across that like so like the, the rooftops isn't he and he's like you said he's putting yeah. the, the the sniper i think together and he's just so effortless the whole thing is effortless like to the point where um you you don't necessarily i i mean obviously this is what the second or third viewing for me so you kind of forget and not realize it's one shot but the intricacies yeah. of doing that and obviously they probably use a bit of cgi in there as well but the intricacies of going from the street, going into the lift, going up the lift, going into a bedroom, through the window, onto the roof, and uh, all of that in in what seems like one shot. Yeah. It just looks brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. And, it, and it's funny as well, like with the, you know, the building collapses and he lands on this sofa and it's got that <laughs> comedy thing. And, and he chucks an ornament as well. And another <laughs> Daniel Craig lobbing <laughs> something. <laughs> just, it's just brilliant. It made me laugh so much when he just, he does just looked over on the sofa and there's this like yeah i don't know what it is a duck or something and just lobs it <laughs> that's definitely it's, his thing isn't it yeah his notorious lobber of crap <laughs> he just throws six all the time brilliant um yeah yeah definitely one of the high points for this film for me is the intro um yeah but one thing i'm slightly nervous to talk about now is the theme tune um i'm gonna go straight to you for this so what are your thoughts on sam smith's theme so we've we've obviously discussed every theme up mm. until this point, and and I've always kind of hinted to there being one particular theme that that stands out amongst all others as being the biggest pile of fucking shit ever written, um, and I I didn't hate it as much this time watching the film that that I've always thought I did and. I'm I'm not a fan of Sam Smith's music or or Sam Smith, <laughs> um, <laughs> but but I actually thought it was okay. I didn't think it was actually that bad. I think maybe enough time has passed for me to calm down a bit. Um, <laughs> but I actually thought it was okay. It's quite it's quite Bondy. Um, doesn't say the name of the film, but then I don't think a song with the with the name Spectre in it would ever particularly work unless it was a advert for spec savers or something um <laughs> but <laughs> yeah I, and, and the the titles are cool as well i like how there's little clips of um seems to be all the women from previous daniel craig bond films that have kind of had a big impact on him um and there's some cool animation the octopus animation bit is pretty cool yeah. um so actually it's it's not the best, nowhere near the best, but not as bad as I had always thought. And now I don't know what's my least favourite Bond theme because I was so certain it was going to be this. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I remember you say I was coming into this thinking 
He's just going to sh- straight up shoot this down. Um, so that so that's good to hear because I I don't mind it as, as well. I I'm I kind of like it. I think yeah. I remember think you know <clears throat> the classic sort of you know from modern films now is the the theme tune is released you know a month or so before, before when the film is due to release. And I remember thinking, not being massively blown away by it, but it, it's, it's every time this has happened, I think Skyfall probably was one exception where, you know, that, that just sounds like a Bond song straight away. But with this, as soon as you see it with the, the title sequence, it just works, it just clicks. And that those visuals alongside the, the song just make it work even better and i think from having that and i agree the theme is the sorry the title sequence is brilliant as well if not very dark like the octopus stuff is kind of freaky there's a there's a really there's a really freaky bit at the start where daniel craig is topless as well and he's just staring into camera i'm like i i don't know if i want to look in your eyes right now i know for a long time (laughs) (laughs) for too long um but yeah it's quite a dark intro uh but uh sorry the titles um but yeah, I I, I kind of liked it. It made it stand out a bit more from some of the other title sequences we've seen so far. Um, so yeah, overall, not bad, not amazing, but yeah, fine enough. And I agree, it definitely sounds like a a Bond theme. If if someone was just to release that song randomly, you would say, or I think I would say, that does sound like it would work in a Bond film. Um, the only thing I quickly want to cover is obviously Radiohead were due to were lined up to also do the theme for this. Have you have you heard that? Have you seen the? I think someone's actually put the song over the titles as well to see yeah. how that works. What are your thoughts um, on that? Yeah, I'm a I'm a massive Radiohead fan. Maybe as maybe as big a Radiohead fan as I am Bond fan. Um, but but no, I'm so glad that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah it's it's um yeah it's not it's not a mysterious um dark bond theme it's a um it's a kind of darkest place radiohead ever go kind of song that um really would have made me probably turn the film off and have a little cry <laughs> <laughs> it's a time and place for radiohead yeah yeah it's not just before an action film yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. I'm I, again also a huge fan. Um, I think it's fine in itself. I think it would, yeah, bring the mood down massively. Um, you know what Sam Smith does, whether you like it or not, it brings. It's more of an orchestral, you know, massive piece, isn't it? Uh, that kind of hypes the film up in its own sort of way. Um, mm. I don't think the Radiohead version would have would have worked as well if if not, it would have been. A, kind of a weird vibe change from what we've just seen in the first sort of intro and the action scenes as well. So yeah, I think it was probably a good shout that they didn't do that. Um, so I'm going to quickly go onto the plot and then we'll just kind of talk about the plot in general and then go into the other stuff like always. So plot for Spectre, uh, a cryptic message from James Bond Bond's past sends him on a trail to uncover the existence of a sinister organization named Spectre. With a new threat dawning, Bond learns the terrible truth about the author of all his pain in his most recent missions. So it's worth calling out just quickly that this is the same director as Skyfall, Sam Mendes, who's probably best known for recently 1917 and American Beauty and all these other films. So we've still got a classic 
you know established director on the franchise which is good um it's quite a long film i think this actually up maybe until no time to die no time to die comes out the longest bond film up to this point um but just your thoughts on the plot uh, and obviously we'll go break down into blofeld and the villain and henchmen and stuff like that but just the overall plot what are your what are your thoughts yeah i i i like i i like the plot i think i think the plot works and there's kind of the side plot of mi6 kind of being taken over really by um some other agency is it that that's got this kind of all all seeing snooping technology which i'm not sure whether it was this film came out before or after but i think there was um some revelation that there was some you know snooping technology out there that mm. that the government had been uh, had been using so it's all it's all quite relevant i think it's um yeah i like it i like i like all the plot aspects um and yeah it's good i think it's i think it's a good plot i i do like the the unique fact of you know where we are in you know modern culture that the modern themes are kind of reflective of that so it's not what i mean by that is we're not repeating like the 60s and 70s tropes of bond films we're actually bringing it into the modern world and it kind of adds on to what skyfall was doing about is james bond still relevant in in this world when there is things like drones and drones with you know drones with cameras missiles we can send you know across the world and all this stuff do we need a man on the ground anymore um I, so I thought that was quite good because it was kind of like it, the question I kept asking while seeing this for the first time was, you know, if the, if depending on which route this film goes, is this tying up the franchise? Is this saying that Bond isn't relevant anymore because the idea of someone, a, a lone wolf running around the world trying to save the day when you can just get some automated robot to do it for you? Is that is that the way this is going? But obviously it doesn't because we've got another film coming. Um so yeah, that that sort of side plot that kind of M or Ralph finds as M now um, kind of leads. He kind of leads that subplot, doesn't he? Whereas Bond goes on to the whole Spectre and looking into Spectre and Blofeld and stuff like that. So yeah. so the main plot for me is this, the Spectre piece is where it started, starts to f- fall apart, I guess, um, for me because. I kind of look to Marvel franchise for how you can build up a villain properly with Thanos, for example, you've got, yeah, you've got these, you know, they do it quite well with these post credit scenes that, you know, fanboys will absolutely lap up, but they've built in this, like, yeah, you've got these sub stories like, um, you know, the early Iron Man and stuff like that, but you eventually built up to Thanos. And when Thanos became, you know, in the film itself, it was a really big deal. And this all feels like, yes, it's what is it? Two and a half hours long. So it is a long run time, but so much is sort of forced in. I think that, I mean, if you go back to, to quantum, they had this other organization. Uh, what was it called? Well, it was called quantum, wasn't it? Um, yeah. It's like, what, why couldn't this have been spectre? Why couldn't that have been spectre at that time? And I feel like there's a lot of backtracking that they say, well, actually it's spectre and they all work for us in different capacities and all this stuff. I think if we'd if we'd have got to the fourth film and Spectre was kind of, um, you know, crowbarred in at the end of Casino Royale, and that's the tangent we're going down. And you know, as James Bond fanboys, 
we would have absolutely lapped that, lapped that up rather than sort of cramming it into its own film. Because I think the Blofeld reveal would have been much bigger. Um, but I think, actually, well, I'll save that when we come to Blofeld. But I think Spectre could have been looked into a bit more um, in this film. But yeah, and that's that's where it slips down for me. So, um, so well, let's go on to Blofeld then. So it sounds like we've got maybe some, this is where we might agree on some aspects of it. So what are your thoughts on, firstly, is Christoph Waltz playing Blofeld and then just him the character of Blofeld sort of coming back in this new sort of since the reset from Casino Royale. I I think Christoph Waltz is is brilliant, absolutely brilliant, and and I actually I I think the way he plays <clears throat> Blofeld is is very very good. I think I I really like him in that character. I think he plays that character very well. I I don't know I don't know in the books whether the kind of um, stepbrother aspect of that to bond is 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 that in the books i don't know um i i kind of doubt it and i i just i don't know why why does it need to be that personal i don't i don't get it you know he's got a vendetta against bond but that could have been that could have been done in some other way it mm-hmm. just it seems like i don't know the the previous apart from Quantum, but the, the other two films, it's been a very personal and I think Skyfall, you know, had a lot of success because it's very personal to Bond and people related to that. And I think maybe that element of that is just sort of forced into this to, to make it, you know, maybe care a bit more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think, I think you're right. Actually, there should have been just some different element that made Blofeld hate Bond so much and then, then be such kind of, arch enemies rather than this odd little yeah this this kid who did he kill he killed bond's dad like what yeah, What's going on? yeah. I, I um i'm gonna straight up say i think the whole stepbrother thing is just it's just terrible i hate it it's, it's almost austin powers it's yeah. it's it's very it's ridiculous i mean it was never used in the original films it's I don't know why it's put in. And if it was, if it was, if this was to be the start of a couple of films that Blofeld continues to be the villain, like, like the original uh, Blofeld way, way back in um, when we first see him in You Only Live Twice, you know, he's already got a presence. We didn't see him. We didn't see his face for four films. Um, I think they just really dropped the ball that they couldn't have done that here uh, in the, even in this reset. Yeah. It's, it's retreading old ground, but I think it's safe ground to tread on. Because fans yeah. would just, we would have just lapped that up, even if again it was following the same steps of Marvel doing these post-credit scenes. Like I would have just jumped out of my chair for stuff like that. I think to 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 cram it in and try and basically treat Blofeld as just the one-off villain, like all the other majority of the other films, I think is a real shame because he is he is the Joker. He is his arch nemesis, and he it feels like. And I hope it isn't, but it feels like here it's just a one and done, and that's a real, real shame. To build, to make it so more personal, would they? I think my problem is they try to make it across, uh, come across that it is really personal, but I don't feel it at all. I feel it's much more personal in Skyfall between M and Silver. Yeah, much more like fully on board with that, 
And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the acting. Maybe it's actually the plot and the, you know, the, the stories, the back, their backstory is more believable. But here it's so kind of, it's either ridiculous or really not sort of forced down your neck that I just didn't buy it. Didn't buy it at all. Um, and Blofeld, for me, does not, as Christopher Waltz is great, I'll give you that. He, he, he does well with what he's been given. But he doesn't actually come across that intimidating. He's just quite, he's kind of just in the background and... I don't know. Blofeld before was always, I mean, take forget Diamonds Are Forever because he is ridiculous as a character in that, dressing up as women and all sorts, you know, clones and shit like that. <laughs> but he's just not very intimidating. Um, I think, yeah, you, <clears throat> yeah, the, the, the traditional baddies were either sort of those intimidating or those sort of nutcase characters. And mm. he's definitely a, much more along the nutcase kind of... Um, yeah route which which blowfold yeah you're right he wasn't he's yeah i yeah I, I do i just struggle with with that whole thing if you're yeah. gonna have if you if you're gonna have that as a, as a villain as a as a baddie in a bond film don't make it blowfeld make it a different yeah. a different character because you know We've got history with Blofeld. That's such an important name in the Bond franchise. Don't the yeah? There's not really that. There's no need to make him personal mm-hmm. because they're arch enemies. Because one's an evil genius and one's the best spy in the world. That's why they're arch enemies. Nothing. It doesn't yeah. need you know. It doesn't need any family history or anything. That's that just fucks it. <laughs> It, all, it, all it needs to be, like it was before, is he's the head of this massive organisation that, you know, the whole point of the whole octopus thing is that each leg or tentacle, sorry, is is a is a villain of its own right. So why we didn't visit that in this franchise, like, you know, yeah, Daniel Craig's not pr- probably going to do eight films, but you could you could fit in like several villains in in a couple of films and say, right, it, you know, they're all the tentacle, but who's the main sort of octopus, I guess, is, is the symbol is. Um, and that's Blofeld, but we we never get that. We kind of get half of that. Um, and I, I just some of the traits that I that I kind of loved Blofeld for in uh, the earlier films was you know he always had a plan B. He doesn't have that in this. He literally you know towards the end. I know we're jumping to to the end now, but you know he's in a helicopter and he's just literally like going along. Oh oh, Bond's down there. He's still alive. Like he doesn't have the you know escape. Uh, monorail like he does in You Only Live Twice or you know um, he's always got a plan B he's always escaping that was the whole point where he's in this he's just crashes on what is it London Bridge and gets arrested um, yeah. okay and and that's another point is it's such an anticlimax that that's what I'm left with at the end and I think that is what I kind of leave the film with it's just a bit of a bit of taste that it's just there's so much potential, but they just don't see it through. Yeah, like, yeah, you, you, you're right. That's, I get, I get not killing off Blofeld because, mm. you know, you kind of want to leave him alive for, for future use. But yeah, him being arrested. Yeah. That's, yeah. Unless, yeah, we obviously haven't seen No Time to Die. We don't know yeah. what that film, um, you know, anything about that film, but yeah no yeah you, you're right it's um yeah it's it's just like it should be 
Oh, actually, no, it's a clone. Blo- I'd, I'd even accept clone Blofeld in this sense. They pull his, they pull his mask off and it's, uh, it's, it's Q or something. <laughs> I'd, love yeah. I'd love that. But to just be like, oh, no, we'll just arrest him. That's yeah. just like, no, I want the big death or, or I want his, you know, a big twist to say he got away. That's what I wanted, but I didn't get it. But um, anyway, we've spent a lot of time on Blofeld, so we'll, we'll move on and then see how we go. So I think quickly go to the henchman. And this is a tick for me. I loved Batista as the henchman, as Jinx. Um, yeah. I think he's the Craig's version of Jaws in this, for this for his films. You know, the silent hench, 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 henchman um, that has, I guess his gimmick is that he's got like, I don't know what it is, like knives on his thumbs, I guess. Yeah. When he stabs really. people in the eyes, it's just kind of cool. It's kind of different. Are they fingernails? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, sharp it's, fingernails, but like oh, metal. Um, his intro is great. You know, he doesn't say anything, and he just stabs guy in the eyes, and yeah. pretty much establishes he's the badass of the room. Um, your thoughts on on Jinx and Batista as him as well in this film? Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Proper proper henchman. We haven't seen one for a long time, um, and yeah, just ticks all the boxes of a perfect. Bond henchman, something odd about him, fucking yep. stabbing thumbnails, <laughs> really, really big, really hard, just scare the shit out of you, proper henchman, yeah. Yeah, and also, I think the train fight in this puts the From Russia With Love one to shame. As much as I love the From Russia With Love fight scene, this is just brutal, so brutal, like, walls are getting knocked down, you get thrown through walls. And even the, his death as well, which I think comes a bit too early in the film. I wish he was returned again towards the last sort of the, the third act. Um, but yeah, brilliant. I, love, I think we said this on a few occasions now. Bond uh, does skiing and train scenes very well, train action <laughs> set pieces. And this is another one. So yeah, um, yeah, he's great. I loved him. Um, so Bond girl then. So the main one in this really is, I think it's Leah Sado. I'm not sure how you pronounce her surname. Um, but your thoughts on her as as the Bond girl in in this? So she plays um, Madeline, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. Um, who's Mister White's daughter? Yes. That's the connection. Yeah. Um, she's she's probably the closest we'll ever get to having Scarlett Johansson as a <laughs> as a Bond girl. And uh, yeah, she's she's ten out of ten. Couldn't ever do anything possibly wrong, and is perfection in every in every way. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, but yeah, but in, in seriousness, I think I actually think she's a she's a good a good Bond girl character. I think she is. I think she's really good. She plays that part brilliantly. Um, and. I I quite like the relationship between her and Bond as well. I think that's quite quite good how that how that builds and you sort of think they're going to get together but then they don't and then you actually sort of start to question whether she was bad in a way because everything seems to go wrong as soon as she's just turned her back on him Mm. um and yeah it's cool and they they end up together um and that that final scene just it makes everything better again for me after the blowout because they they just get in the DB5 and they're in the middle of London in like the evening and she just looks so fucking 
brilliant and they just <laughs> drive off and it's just so cool it's the coolest film i've ever seen and that's yes. that, the ending of it it's just so good the ending um, is it does it does um end on a positive doesn't it by bringing just the dp5 seeing it again after it gets blown up in skyfall was a big plus so yeah yeah, yeah that was a good yeah. touch but i um yeah no I, I think she's a i think she's a good character um and actually that uh it's that part where they where they meet in that um it's a hospital isn't it in yeah in the austrian kind of mountains that's that's a restaurant in a ski resort called Solden, and i've been there a couple of times oh nice and i've been i've been in there in that big glass that glass hospital thing um which is it's fucking cool so that's that's another thing i love about this because it's just i've been i've been there <laughs> but you point did you point life. and stand up when you were watching it like, i've been there <laughs> yeah i know that bit the toilets are in there <laughs> um but in real life they actually serve alcohol in there but they don't in the hospital do they yeah. so after, yeah so it's better in real life than <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I, I like it what about you what about you um not so much <laughs> Okay. I I don't feel that there's much chemistry between them, to be honest. I I think they both fine in themselves. They act really well. She's she is great. She's stunning as well. Um, but I, I didn't really buy it. And I think the bit that kills me is is when she says I love you to Bond. I'm like, how you you don't know each that you don't you're not been with each other that long. Chill out. It's been like two days. She says, I love you. And I don't think he says it back unless fair play. Um, I think it's a bit a bit of a stretch, considering actually, I can't remember if this is before or after. I think it's after actually she finds out that he basically helped his dad, her dad, to shoot himself. <laughs> he basically gave him the ultimatum. Because that's what Blowfolk tries to use against him, doesn't it? To kind of split yeah, them up. Yeah. But um yeah, so it's okay. It's nowhere near the chemistry that they had with Vespa in Casino Royale. That's the the benchmark for me. Um, I think it tries to replicate that, but I don't think it quite pays off for me. Um, I believe she's in the next film, so it'll be interesting to see how that develops. You know, see how much time has passed in the story to see what their relationships like i have to be honest i still i think i've said to you before i still haven't actually watched the trailer for the new film because i want to go no, in completely blind so i i don't know even from a trailer how much she's involved in the film but it'd be interesting to see it's quite nice to see uh so other than m when judy in you know in judy dench another female that's consistent in the franchise um especially for the craig films I know Vespers turned up more of a flashbacks and stuff like that, but to, to, to continue in the storyline would be interesting. But uh, yeah, I, it's not bad. Again, it's the same with my thoughts of the film. It's not bad. It's it's okay. Um, I wasn't as, as on board with it. Um, I think, like I said, their respective characters are interesting. I like that she's kind of her spin is that she's kind of um, she she wasn't interested in, in or involved in any way. Mr. White kind of get redeems himself in a way by you know hiding this from his daughter and not getting her involved in that. But she, by circumstances, just kept you know fallen into the whole storyline and the whole plot with Spectre and Bond and stuff like that. So that's kind of a nice touch. But yeah, no, not not a, a high point for me, but not a low one either. Um, she's she's the she's the damsel in distress without 
you know, she she never intended to be damsel in distress, but she's she's more along the lines of that kind of character than the sort of strong woman character who's that's the kind of two types of Bond girl, isn't it? She's very yeah. much on that damsel in distress side, which from from reviewing all of the previous films, that's not the kind of Bond girl that you like the most. No. Um I do prefer the more independent stand up almost yeah. almost play off bond and be like i could do this i prefer much yeah. prefer that yeah um, but she she is still a strong enough character she's not completely useless but yeah she's not yeah she's okay she's not she's not going to be in the top five for me um, so i just quickly want to say though another bond girl is monica bellucci oh baby i'm a big monica bellucci fan <laughs> um <laughs> um just gutted that she wasn't in it a bit more, really. And I don't really know what... I don't think she needed to be in there, to be honest. I think I remember reading that Monica Bellucci was uh, auditioned for... I'm not sure what Bond film it is, but when she was younger, was going to be in the franchise. And I think this is a way of her getting her into the franchise um, in some capacity. I, th- I yeah. just think I think the character she's she's gone... She's playing isn't really that interesting. She's just the wife of the guy that was killed at the start so any thoughts on monica bellucci at all or not really? um not really agree agree with what you've with what you said um yeah yeah just sort of a, a little a little plot device isn't it which yeah yeah nice to see but that's about yeah. it um so uh i'm going to say about the car chase then or car yeah. in general so we've got aston martin db5 at the end i've believe it's another Aston Martin in the chase in Rome. Uh, I'll go straight to you then for the, I've made a note of this, but the car chase in Rome, which is just after the Spectre, you know, the great scene. We actually, actually talked about that too much, but the brilliant scene in Rome where Bond kind of crashes a Spectre meeting, I guess, or briefing, and Blofeld just turns to him. Uh, it's such a good moment for me when he turns to him and spots him out. Uh, and then Bond just shits it and just <laughs> just fucking gets out of there, gets in his car. Yeah. So your thoughts on on that following car chase? Um, I agree that that Spectre scene is is brilliant, and it's 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 really cool, and it shows the sort of scale of it, and it's just so much better than people meeting in a fucking opera with earpieces in. <laughs> like that's proper evil kind of empire yes. leaders stuff. That's what you want. This fucking creepy big room in Rome with massive table and scary blokes all in the dark just you know that is that is it ticks so many boxes of cool um yeah if, if you're if you're going to be an evil person you want to go to meetings like that don't you 100 you, like, you want to wear a ring with a fucking octopus on it and go to some weird place in rome where there's like 55 lamborghinis parked outside like that's that's why i get into crime not fucking anyway yeah not a fucking opera come on um (laughs) but the um yeah i think it's a db10 which i don't think was ever really a an actual production car the aston martin um but basically looks like db11 it's the sexiest fucking car i've ever seen in my life and unbelievable like the coolest thing i i want that more than anything like that and madeline are just that just made my life um <laughs> but the yeah the 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 chase scene is is great i love the chase um and i love the 
I love the fact that it's it's not meant to be Bond's car, is it? So mm. um, he's trying to use all these gadgets, and there's there's no there's no ammo in it, and like another button plays some other double O agent's playlist of shit music, and it's just I just love it. Um, and and then he's got the ejector seat at the end, and the the car crashes, and that landing from the parachute. Oh, come on. Like, come on. <laughs> so good. Perfect, isn't it? And he's yeah. just like, does he just say to someone, evening? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's yeah. casual. Exactly, yeah. Just walks off. Oh. Yeah, brilliant. I, I'm the yeah. same. I, I think the car chase is... I don't think we've really had a proper good car chase from the Craig films. There's the one at the start of Quantum, which is is good, but it's it feels relatively short. This is quite a decent... Yeah. You know, everything's here. You've got a bit of humour. You've got um, a rival car, which is almost just as good as um, Bond's car. Um, and just kind of some set, really cool set pieces, like, you know, with the driving up. And this is the bit where, for me, I was like, I've been there when they were going to Rome and they're going up to um, the Vatican. And, like, that is normally just, like, full of people. But yeah. that, they've obviously, you know, the idea that, that the whole set production has just cornered off that whole area like how much that would have cost to do that and basically have a you know skidding around right in front of the vatican is is brilliant it just looks great as well um and yeah the whole you know when they're right on the the river as well and, and all the jumps and all, he's using the was it the flamethrower at the back and yeah all the yeah. gadgets that we kind of hadn't had until this point from uh from the car side of it was great um my only drawback was I like the comedy. I just think it was the wrong place to use it. And what I mean is like Bond's just come out of that terrifying scenario where he's like massively outnumbered. He's found out he's Spectre. And not only that, like the head of, he doesn't know who's Blofeld at the minute, but the head of that room is aware of who Bond is. And, you know, if you're in that scenario, you'd be absolutely terrified. And it goes straight into comedy quite quickly. And I think it's a bit, I think it'd be more terrifying if he was just like, I, I'm absolutely shitting it right now. But I don't know. It's still funny. And maybe it's, I'm being really, really pedantic, but it kind of makes light of the whole terrifying scenario that just happened, I think was my only point. I, I, I yeah, I, I disagree. I think, I think the comedy is great to kind of break it up a bit. Um, okay. He's like, he's, there's a there's an old bloke in a Fiat 500 in front of him, isn't it? He's just yeah. like he gets to the point where he he just floors the Aston just to fucking nudge him along, um, and then he and then he like crawls to a stop and the airbag just pops in his face. It's, it's fucking, I, I love it. It's brilliant. It is it is funny. It's Bond humor as well. Like you'd almost yeah. put that in a Marvel film. It's it's that sort of tongue in cheek harmless humor. Because, um, yeah, yeah he, he pushes him to, he, like, perfectly parks in a, a parking bay, doesn't he? And then yeah. the bag goes off. Yeah, it's, it is, it's brilliant. And, yeah, when the music comes on, I did I did chuckle. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess that's kind of, well, it's the only car chase scene in this. The other kind of chase is the, I guess it's a car chase, but with a plane sort of later on. Um, just after they come out the Snowy Mountains, they've got that, that chase through... Uh, yeah, the snowy mountain. So, your thoughts on yeah. on that scene, which is kind of the other big action set piece as well? Yeah, that's that's um, 
I kind of forgotten that scene, but it's it's great, isn't it? I really I really like that. It's really cool to watch. Um, and yeah, I love the I love the James Bond snowy snowy scenes. They're always they're always mm-hmm. some of my favourite. Yeah, it's um yeah I really like it. It's a it's a great little set piece. It just adds adds yeah. more kind of something different, more excitement in the film. I think so. I think they almost replace the skis in this with the wingless plane. They just like flying through buildings and stuff. And it kind of ends quite well because it looks like the henchman gets killed off. Batista gets killed off, but he doesn't. He just, you know, comes back later on. But yeah, yeah. No, that, that, that. So I love when Bond skis and Daniel Craig obviously can't ski. Um, <laughs> and I think that's to play Bond as an actor. I think you need to be able to ski. Um, that's maybe Daniel Craig's only downfall, but also like it's such a cliche, isn't it? Of just assume the person is dead, and yes, like, just put two bullets in his head. Just make sure the fucker is dead. Like, come on, you're James Bond. Everything else is so perfect in this film. Like as as Bond as a person, he just yeah. does everything so perfectly. Why leave this terrifying henchman? just assume he's dead what because he's gone through a windshield like yeah. no shoot him many many times in the face yeah if would, only would... <laughs> if only to save you getting thrown around the train in about exactly, half an hour's yeah. time <laughs> just fire, didn't it <laughs> don't fancy getting battered on a train in front of loads oh, of people fine. also just a shout out that i was i was buzzing that he got the white tux back um, yeah the goldfinger white tux which was brilliant yeah. anyway um so that kind of segues on to the gadgets and Q, which I've, I think we've kind of covered the main gadgets. I, I didn't actually make a note of any other gadgets other than the car, but I did make a note that I loved that Q was more in the field in this one I, and more of a yeah. character. Um, obviously, we saw him and met him in Skyfall in the last film, but I just loved that he was, he, we got to see more of him. Um, uh, but the only thing on the other side of that is there's not much money penny in this really it's very much what she what the character was like in early bond she was just the receptionist so it swings and roundabouts but your thoughts on you know because there were the two characters from the previous film that we were introduced like long-standing characters that have been reintroduced from a uh, daniel craig's bond world any thoughts on that or not really a noteworthy yeah, I, I like the, the Q scene as well. I like um, kind of he hands him a watch and Bond says, like, what does this do? And Q just says, it tells the time. I quite like, I quite like that. <laughs> like classic Q dry humour. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I like that it's gone back to M in M's office and it's traditional and Moneypenny is the receptionist and it's all just back to... You know that's that's how everything should be because I'm yeah I think <clears throat> I think this this film has made me realize how much of a sort of Bond traditionalist I am and how much mm. I just love those cliches and that blueprint for a Bond um so yeah I like it I I, I do think she's a great character though and and yeah maybe it's a bit maybe they've used up the character mm. um but but I think it's possibly a missed opportunity because because she's she's brilliant yeah so yeah i do agree nice um so those were mostly my comments really the only thing i kind of made a point of and i think we we chatted on 
off air about this is there is um there's a really good video on youtube where uh, they highlight a lot of the references to other bond films just with solely within this some of them are a bit stretched but some of them are quite obvious and for the bond nerds like we are well yeah we picked up on a few of them so the one i picked up is the snowy mountain hospital which is straight from on her majesty's secret service yeah um and the other one i think was there's a scene where he talks to a mouse <laughs> just like he does in Diamonds Are Forever. So there are a few things. I know we had a chat that you picked up on a few. Was there any others that, that stood out for you that were kind of good nods to previous films? Or um, I don't know if I made a note of any, but yeah, those two definitely stood out the most for me. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. Um, yeah the mouse is brilliant. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the dumbest. It's the dumbest. Thing. It's funny, isn't it? It's just like, there's twice that you've just had a full-on conversation with the mouse. With a, yeah, with a fucking rodent. <laughs> yeah, I try to remember, that, but there is a good video on YouTube where they put them all together. Obviously, you know, Blofeld kind of strings a few of them together just as a character existing. Um, but yeah, there was, it, it felt like there was a lot of nice homages to previous films as well, which was a good touch. Um, the only other thing I, is a brief note, and this kind of goes back to Blofeld again. Obviously, we kind of got the origin of the scar this time round. So yeah. you only live twice when we first see Donald Pleasance as um, as Blofeld. We, we see the scar that is kind of iconic now and is obviously mocked slightly with Dr. Evil in the Austin Powers franchise. But it's kind of cool to see, you know, if this is kind of an origin plot thread for James Bond, then we can see how he got the scar um, and the cat makes a turn up as well. But the yeah. thing I, I like the most, and I have a feeling that you're going to like it as well, was we have a ridiculously over the top James Bond villain lair again, which was nice <laughs> yeah. in this like base of a meteorite that hit the world. Yeah. And he keeps it stored up. So yeah, your thoughts on that? I, I'm guessing that's a good tick for you. I like, I like the layer. I like, um, yeah, I like the elaborate attempt to kill Bond, um, <laughs> which actually, actually, no, I don't really. I don't like that. <laughs> okay. So, so, so the layer, the layer is great. I love that. I love how they're taken there, and it's you know, it's in the fucking middle of nowhere, and they yeah. they have to get a, a train, and then this random like sixties Rolls Royce to then driving through the desert to <laughs> to get there. Anyway, it's yeah, that's great. Um, then so that that whole that whole piece then i i really like when blofeld starts to kind of explain himself um and he kind of explains what he's up to and there's just this massive hallway of kind of um anonymous henchmen working for him all looking at screens and blofeld just makes this very small gesture and all the screens go off and everybody immediately just stands up at the same time, turns towards Blofeld. And it's just this like massive show of power and control that he's got. Um, and for me, that kind of, that massively added to his presence and maybe he's not the most sort of terrifying character, but, but that the control and power that he's got just makes him, um strong enough for me i think mm. that that redeems a lot of that um and yeah and then that whole that whole bit with drilling into his head 
Like, it doesn't do anything to Bond. <laughs> he's he's put these drill bits into his head, supposedly saying, oh, this is going to make you forget who she is. This is going to blah, blah. You're in love with this girl. I'm going to ruin your life and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't do anything. None, none of those drill bits did anything. He was absolutely fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was... um. That was a bit shit. And it's, yeah. a bit, it's all a bit too easy, isn't it? Yeah, I just think... What I... So the, the torture scene in principle like that is a terrifying way to get tortured. But yeah, it doesn't really do much. All it does is maybe get uh, uh, the Bond girl to realise she loves Bond. But I don't, I don't care at that point. It's not, that's not what I'm there for. It's Bond and his, like, you know, hatred for Blofeld or vice versa. Like, we get the big reveal that... That's another thing as well, is when it's like, oh, by the way, I'm Blofeld. And we're like, yeah, I know that. I knew that as soon as I saw you. I, I knew that from the trailer, probably. Yeah. So the reveal of, yeah, I'm Blofeld, I'm like, okay, yeah, I, yeah, I get it, mate. Carry on. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just think... I agree. The power scene, you know, showing how you click a click a thing, click of his fingers, all these people are just ready to do whatever he says. But Bond just turns up, does a few things, the whole place blows up. So they're pretty <laughs> useless, aren't they? They're not really, you know, stopping him that well. He escapes the torture pretty easily. So I know Bond's a super superhero and all that stuff, but it just doesn't seem as threatening after that point. And then, yeah. But yeah, the torture scene is it's good as a as a unique idea, perhaps in the franchise of ways to do Bond. But I I don't know. I I don't think Blond, uh, Blofeld would be doing the torturing either. He's he's too high up for me in my eyes compared to Blofeld in previous films. He's the guy giving orders. He's not the person torturing. Yeah, it's very um, it's very sort of gold fingery laser, isn't it? Yeah, um, but again, it's like that Goldfinger. Yeah, he, you know, yes, he's there, but he's he's almost trying to get out, isn't he? Goldfinger's like, yeah. you know, uh, what's the famous line? Um, no, Miss Bond, I want you to die. And he's walking off, and he's, and then Bond's like bartering with him to, you know, get him off. But Goldfinger's he could care less. He's just another guy. I don't care if you die, but he's like literally putting him through hell. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's semantics, but. But that's the that's the character, isn't it? Because they've built up this personal relationship. So he's he's spent his life trying to inflict pain on Bond in various different ways, and somehow was responsible for the death of M. Which that's just bollocks. But yeah, exactly. um, yeah I, I do kind of get why he's why he's there and wants to inflict inflict this pain. I just yeah, it's just it's just all a bit too easy. But but Bond after the after the kind of blowing up watch thing works and and they very easily leave i do i do like how cool bond is though with with his he just fucking shoots everyone and he's you know he's like gets a couple and there's two a bit far away so he just slows down just he's just perfect isn't he he's just he's a proper proper superhero like a lot of the times i don't know I, i like it actually when bond gets beaten up a bit Mm-hmm. He doesn't seem to get beaten up at all in this. No, um, he's almost untouched. I'd say. Oh, yeah. oh, train scene aside, there he gets absolutely twatted yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Um, after, I think, I think actually that was the biggest 
explosion in any film ever. Yeah, like a, a, a real explosion as well, which yeah. imagine if that had needed a second take. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you'd have fucked that up, how much money, you, time and, you know, f- flames they've got to put out just to do it again. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah, it's quite it's, it's quite cool in the ending of it. Um, the big, massive fuck-off fireball and then they, mm. and they get away. Um, and then, then there's the whole kind of final showdown scene isn't there which what what do you think of that whole bit is this the old mi6 bit yeah yeah i i like it i really like it it's very man with the golden gun on in the sense of uh you know bringing back going to this like you know the the original mi6 which has now been you know closed down after it gets bombed in in skyfall and they've obviously kind of taken it over you've got these I mean, it is very golden gun because they've got even scenes where you've got like the targeting, uh, the shooting target thing, and they've got all the faces of, you know, yeah. M, Judy Dench, you've got Silver, you've got um, the Sheaf and stuff like that. I thought that was cool. And, and Bond's like, you know, following the arrows and where they're taking him. And he's, you know, yeah, it's all dark and dilapidated. And I, I thought it was a really nice touch. You, you use the original building in a different way. And um, yeah, I, I, even the even the bit um, when he sees Blofeld, it's quite funny, to be fair, in, in hindsight, but where Blofeld's just standing there in the doorway and Bond's like, right, I'll fucking shoot him. And it's obviously bulletproof glass. How long yeah. have you been standing there? <laughs> how, long, <laughs> how long have you been standing there? Wait, come on, Bond, just figure it out. Yeah, and then he's like, "Haha, it's bulletproof." <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's great. I thought it was a nice touch, and obviously, you know, it's the whole. It's very. It reminded me slightly again of Dark Knight. So in Dark Knight, where he kind of has to make the choice of saving, uh, I can't remember a bloody name, but it was either save Harvey Dent or save um, Maggie Gyllenhaal's character. I can't remember her name anyway and it's kind of like that so he's you know he, she's in the building somewhere with bombs strapped to her and he's just rushing around and he's got to get out before mi6 gets blown up and it was quite a tense moment really and it's quite um when he finally finds her and she's surrounded by bombs i was like yeah she she would definitely die if he was any <laughs> any longer yeah she's she's definitely got it um your what are your thoughts on it? I, I yeah i i thought it was great but we, what are your thoughts I really like it. I think, I think if you had taken this this idea, um, and had this as the climax for Skyfall, that would have been ten out of ten number one Bond film. This this is what Skyfall should have ended like. It should have been M strapped somewhere. Bond needs to go in, and he's just fucking killing people all over the place. Um, that that would have been perfect. Um, yeah, I, I think it's great. I really like it. It's, the, the suspense is brilliant. Um, there's a big trampoline, though, just sat in the fucking middle of, of MI6. <laughs> in the ready foyer. To bond, yeah, in, in the perfect position, ready to just jump and bounce on and, and get out fine, which, why is, it, why is that there? <laughs> You know, and like, I like how they make the obvious point is when he walks in, they they pan the camera up. Oh, just so you know, guys, there is yeah. a trampoline here or a safety like a, net. 
it's literally like you're playing a computer game and there's a cut scene and it shows you the thing you're going to need in 15 minutes time yeah yeah yeah. you're like oh okay all right i'll take note of that that's there i can jump off this bit because that's there brilliant (laughs) like Uh, jump in the thames like just jump in the water (laughs) you'll be fine mate (laughs) i Um, i actually sorry go on go i'll let you finish yeah just kind of a yeah apart from that um i think it's i think it's a great scene yeah I actually think, just thinking this just now, I actually think this would have been a better way to have been introduced to Blofeld. Because imagine that you hadn't met him at all and Blofeld's almost on the speaker being like, you know, I did this and I did all that and blah, blah, blah. And we haven't seen Blofeld all film. And then we see him in that other side of the bulletproof graphs. That would have been cool. And then he tells him I'm Blofeld. That that would have been pretty cool. That would have been brilliant. Um, Because, yeah, we see him at the start but we only see him very, very briefly. Um, you know, he's almost silhouetted for the whole uh, scene. Um, and then you could have, you know, had Blofeld as the main villain in the next film. I don't know, but it could have been a cool moment. But um, yeah, overall, I think it's great. I don't think it's a bad, bad piece. I just think that what follows after that doesn't match up with it. It's not interesting. It's, it's actually quite boring. Like, you know, he floats. Blofeld flies away in a helicopter. Bond, being the fucking superhero he is, shoots down the helicopter with his fucking pistol. And that's it. Blofeld just rolls out. He's still alive. And yeah, you're nicked, mate. Um, Yeah, it's really, really disappointing. Um, Rant over. Um, Any other? That was all the points from me. Is there any other points you had on on the film? Um. Yeah, so so when Bond decides to not kill um, Blofeld and get arrested instead, what does he do with his gun? He just fucking lobs it. <laughs> he does. He does. Probably in the fucking Thames. That Thames is yeah. just full of Wolfer poopy case. It's just <laughs> fucking have it. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, I, if I had time, I would love to put together every time Daniel Craig has thrown an object in the Bond film aggressively. Yeah, That'd be a long film in itself. <laughs> um, I think, I think that's it. Yeah. There's a few. Um, there's a few good. I don't know if he's really got any any one-liners in this. Um, I think Blofeld's got got more. Maybe Blofeld has a weird thing where he says "cuckoo" quite a few times. Yeah. No. Is... Yeah. Because he he does explain that because he almost calls Bond the the. The cuckoo, like you know, yeah, c- yeah, c- yeah. kicking him out of the nest, and nest, you know, yeah. being the evil stepbrother. So I kind of liked it, but when you first see him, he just says cuckoo. Like, sorry, yeah, it's odd. <laughs> yeah, weird. Um, there's a bit in the in the kind of uh, the snowy the snowy hospital, as we call it, um, where he's he's just starting. He's beating up guards, and he just turns to one and he says, "No, stay." And he just, yes. it's just like, okay. Yes. And I'm like, yes, yes fucking boy, go on. Just I actually, down. I rewound that and watched that again and again because <laughs> yeah. I thought it was quite funny. It was like a dog. Yeah. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no stay. Very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think maybe, I think that's probably it. Yeah. Okay. So on the back of that, then let's go to our brief summary and then your score so i'll go to you as always first then so brief summary of the pros and cons and then your overall score for score for spectre so i 
I think this is is by far the coolest Bond film. It's the I just think it's so smooth in so many so many scenes. Um, it does. It feels like a like a modern day version of of one of my favorite classic Bond films. And it's not there's not a specific specific one, but it it just feels like one of my one of my old favorites but with a very modern twist and, and redone and remade and i just i just love that i just love the 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 way i felt watching it i felt like a little boy again it it was like that proper bond film and it's not it's not perfect but then neither of the other favorites from my from my childhood so you know the you only live twice for your eyes only those those are just so high on my list of mm. favorite films of all time they're not that you know they're dumb they're not perfect there's so much wrong with them yeah um but i just fucking love them and this really reminded me of of that kind of film um it's just it's just so cool <laughs> That's your that's your one line yes, review. Know. Yeah, like it is. Yeah, I I don't know what what more I can say. Like talking through this stuff, it made me kind of think about some of the negatives a lot more. Yeah. Um, the plot isn't isn't the best Bond plot. Um, the Blofeld bit just annoys me with the whole the whole stepbrother thing. It's just yeah. unnecessary and. Um, and I do think it's all a bit too easy as well. It's, I don't know why it is so easy. It doesn't need to be, um, even down to the big trampoline bit. It's, that's, it does, yeah, just, it's just a bit stupid. Um, but I, I struggle to give this anything but 10 out of 10. Oh, wow. 10 out of 10. Because, okay. because it is, it's, it just made me feel like, a grinning little boy again, watching, watching James Bond on a Sunday afternoon, just thinking, I want to be that guy. I just, you know, the girl, the cool car, the yeah. kicking ass, the fucking evil baddie doing weird shit that you don't really understand as a kid. Um, you know, he's got this evil layer. He's got this cool scene in Rome with that big thing. It's it just ticks every little boy's Bond fantasy box for me. And I can't, I don't know how I can't give it a 10. Nice. But I, I do what I can see where you come from because it does verge away from Casino Royale being very, very stripped back and taken back to its roots. And it's, it's verging into, you know, it's like you rightfully said, ticking a lot of the boxes that, you know, a lot of the boxes that we have made as categories to talk about throughout this whole podcast, like gadgets yeah. and cars, because they are a staple of the franchise. The last yeah. few films, we haven't really had a chance to speak about those because they're not as established than, as they are perhaps in this film. And maybe even more so in the next one, we, just, we, we don't know yet. Yeah, um, yeah that's, that's, ex that's exactly it for me. Is It's, it's a, it is finally that, blueprint of bond done with daniel craig who i who i really do think is is up there with the best the best of the bonds and i just think it's it's a really smart well done film um i i it opens with 
the proper Bond theme with the barrel scene right at yes, the beginning, as it, as it should do. That's that's how Bond films should start. It's got that. And then it finishes with DB5, Smoking Hot Girl, Bond's Got the Bird. It's not on water. You, could, you should have been in a boat probably somewhere floating around <laughs> the Pacific or something. Um, but, you know, those those two things as bookends to a really, really fun film that I, I honestly didn't think it felt like the longest Bond. Um, yeah, just... Yeah, fan nice. things. Well, you, you kind of you winning me over to a degree, and I fully respect your review. Um, go on, go on. It's ten out of ten, isn't it? I, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't want to tear it down because that was you. You kind of winning me over there to to a degree. Um, yeah, I I don't. It's not ten out of ten. <laughs> right. So, so my stance is, I think. All of those things I can appreciate. I love the lair making a. Th- come back as you know we haven't seen that really for some time probably maybe see die another day with a stupid old fucking ice hotel um but it it, it certainly looks amazing it's probably yeah look like you said it looks one of the cooler bond films out of the franchise everyone does well actress actress and actor wise everyone does their bit um i like that we've got money penny and q as established characters again uh more so q in this because um, you know, he's he's actually a bit more involved in the actual mission and goes into the field a bit, which I thought was good. And M is, you know, Ralph Fiennes now as M gets a bit more screen time as well. I did feel the runtime a bit, personally. I did think it it maybe... I was going to say it doesn't know if it warrants the two and a half hours, but there are obviously a lot of set pieces, a lot of things happening. So it's never... It's never not needed, perhaps. So I just think it it dips every so often, slightly. Um, and obviously with a kid as well, it's hard to get a two and a half hour film in in one night. Um, but anyway, um, I think the theme tune is is fine. It's good. I like it. Uh, the intro is fantastic. Probably one of the, my favourite intros out of the franchise so far. Just quite unique in this having this one shot. I think is great. Um, but I think for me, a big part of the film is the villain. And if you for me, they've really dropped the ball with Blofeld. Like it's, you need to do that well. You need to do your biggest arch nemesis really well. Um, and I think it's a shame because, you know, like I said, Sam Mendes, same director as Skyfall. Silver is one of the better uh, villains that we've had in a very long time. So he knows how to do a villain well. Um, I just think it's, it's, it's acted well. I just don't re- didn't really feel that he was intimidating, and I, I think the ending is so anticlimactic. Out, you know, to take away the the nice feeling of the DB five and driving off into the sunset. I like that, but just before that, having the most anticlimactic villain ending, well, ending in in brackets because likely to come back, which was good. I, they shouldn't have been killed off, so I no marks down for that. But to kind of get your main villain arrested and and taken away and yeah i don't know it just didn't land very well with me so so my score is a seven out of ten so it's not terrible but it is my lowest seven out of ten um so yeah that's my thought so we won't share we won't share our ranking just yet where this is because we've we've had a chat we said we'll do another roundup bond episode is our next episode to kind of perhaps we'll talk about our top five films and our 
least you know least favorites as well and a few, a few other categories we said about favorite villains and and action scenes and all that stuff so we'll save where i'm interested to see where where spectre may be um but perhaps we'll save that for the next episode It's a, it's a good one, this one, because I was not expecting a fucking 10 out of 10 from you on this. I had a feeling that you weren't going to enjoy it, but hey, okay. I'm wrong. But I'm, I'm, I'm always here for the fun. You know, you know that I'm a, I'm a fun, <laughs> fun guy. I'm, I'm here, I'm here for the enjoyment, not, uh, and I'm here for the fucking pretentious critique. That's, <laughs> that's, that's your, that's your job. I'm the, <laughs> I just want to see hot girls doing fast cars and people getting shot by <laughs> cool-ass fucking suit-wearing dudes. <laughs> oh, that's why it works so well. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll leave the episode there, but we will do this roundup episode uh, as our next episode, just to kind of, kind of look back throughout the whole 24 films we've now somehow got through um, during yeah. lockdown and pick our we'll have various categories villains and one-liners action scenes bond girls and stuff so yeah we look forward to uh to going through that together but um yeah thanks again got, um, Go on. we've got we've got original casino royale and never say never again ah so yes we've got the we've got the b-sides to yeah so yeah that so cover. firstly i know you've seen never say never again but yeah. have you seen the original casino royale as well I think I have, but don't remember it at all. Unless, unless all I know from it is the um, is the poster or the DVD box cover. I just know what David Niven looks like in it. He looks like David Niven in every other film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so yeah, we'll definitely cover those because I have not seen either of those. I'm a I'm a official Bond loyalist, so <laughs> I, I don't do this like it's, it's, it's devil's work to me. Um, but yeah, we'll definitely cover those in a separate episode as well. So a few, few more. We're not quite done with Bond just yet. A few more yeah. episodes, and then, and then we'll eventually. Well, we'll also do No Time to Die when that eventually comes out in cinemas as well. We'll have a yeah, hopefully a episode of that. Yeah, eventually. Yeah. But yeah, thanks again for for chatting Spectre today, and I'll catch you next time for the uh, roundup episode. Yeah, cool. See you next time.